Critical Blast, where pop culture gets blasted. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Get set for thrills and action. Join me, Batman. And me, Robin the Boy Wonder. And that girl. And me too, Batmite. In the super new adventures of Batman. And the masters of the universe. I am Adam, Prince of Eternia and defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Welcome to another edition of CriticalBlast.com's Critical Pod Blast. For those of you old enough to remember, there used to be this event that happened on a regular basis. We called it Saturday morning. It was a time when you got out of bed early, even though you didn't have to go to school. You ran to the kitchen while your parents were asleep. You made your own breakfast, which consisted usually of a whole box of sugar-covered cereal, a splash of milk, and a great big spoon. You rushed this into the living room instead of the kitchen table because you had to be in front of the television before the Saturday morning cartoons began. And then your biggest decision was which of the three channels you were going to watch until 12 o'clock when the cartoons went off. The king of this business was Lou Scheimer, one of the co-founders of a company called Filmation. Now I had the opportunity back in 2007 to have a phone conversation with Mr. Scheimer because of all the Filmation products that were going to DVD through BCI. We had a lengthy conversation about many of those things, and I just wanted to pull that from the archives and share it with you. If you're interested in a transcript of that conversation, you can find that in the archives at criticalblast.com. But sometimes there's nothing like listening to the actual words. So we hope you enjoy this conversation. And if you do, drop us a line at podcast at criticalblast.com. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you'd like to hear. It's, it's been some fun uh, fun trips to the past for me. You're kidding. No, no, I grew up on this stuff, and you probably get tired of hearing that. But No, you know what? I never get tired of hearing that, because it's only in the last year or so that I've started to get people finding me. It's all because of... BCI and what they've done in, in, in the Comic-Con, and uh, it's, it's an amazing occurrence. I mean, I, I never knew how many people were touched and, and helped and, and, and enjoyed uh, what uh, I really enjoyed doing. So. Well, we never really thought that, you know, back, back in the day, I guess, that there'd be a medium like the DVD that would bring back everything to watch whenever you want and own it for yourself. You know, I mean, the, 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 the whole concept is crazy. I mean, it's, it's great. It's a nice crazy. But 
it, 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 uh, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm glad to be living in this age. How old are you? I am 40 years old this Friday, sir. Well, happy birthday. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate I'm that. I'm 78, and I'll be 79 this October. That, that's my wife's birth month, so we'll, uh, I'll, I'll be remembering you on your 79th this year. It's October the 19th. What's hers? Hers is the 10th. I, 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 I must tell you, I enjoy this, so it's, uh, you're, not, uh, you're, not, you're not bothering me at all. Well, I, I'm glad to hear that, because I know you've probably told these stories so many times, and I've heard some of them uh, in brief on the DVDs, but I'd like to leave behind something for our listeners here, and I guess where we could start would be, um, you know, as uh, Maria sings, let's start at the very beginning. Uh, I, I know you've told it before, but Filmation actually kicked into high gear when uh, you guys sort of pulled a fast one on Elliot S. Magan at DC Comics. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's, not, that's not a secret anymore. <laughs> <laughs> By loading the place with people who were mostly not animators. Uh, that's, I'm sure, what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. With, with, uh, and, and you had a mannequin at the reception desk? And well, we weren't doing very well at those, in those days. We had a mannequin. <laughs> yeah, it, it just sort of it looked like a it looked like a real person, and they, people would talk to it and say, "Wait a minute, this thing is not real." <laughs> it was my my associate's wife's costume, one of her dresses she was wearing. <laughs> Everybody's heard that already. What the hell can we talk about? You know, I'm, my life is. There's not that much that's fascinating, I, I, I can assure you of that. Oh, I, I get the feeling there are a lot of untold stories just by watching those interviews on the DVDs. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm wondering if anybody hasn't sat down and just recorded all your memoirs for a book. Well, you know, that's funny. There are a couple guys who want to do it, and one guy especially, uh, and I don't know, who the going to be interested in this stuff? But he's the guy that I've spent so much time with. A guy named a Andy Engels. Uh, uh, yeah, I bet he was going to be hot for that. Yeah, he's and he's done a lot on on the, uh, the stuff that's on the DVDs, and he's a good guy. And I couldn't help but say, well, if you want to do it, Andy, think you're crazy. But uh, uh, and he's coming down actually in a couple of weeks to spend some time talking about. It which he will really be disappointed in hearing that all of my stories are already told, probably. <laughs> well, I'll be first in line for that book, and we'll certainly let people know on the trades well, that I it's coming you out. Something. You ain't going to pay for it. I'll make sure he gets you a copy if it ever happens. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, one of the recent releases, I guess, that came out um, was, was the live-action Ghostbusters with uh, Forrest uh, Tucker and Larry Storch there, uh, uh, and Bob they, Burns. They're there. They've, they've I think, I think, I think they just released it. You know who will know for you? Uh, Kristen. Oh, yeah, Kristen Palmer. Yeah. Yeah, I've, all, I've already watched it, and I, I just got a big kick out of it, but I, I don't think... Do people that you run into know that you did Ghostbusters before Bill Murray was a Ghostbuster? And well, I think they ripped us off. In fact, is when they... In fact, this may be new. Uh, when I first heard of it, I read it in the, tra in the trades. I can't remember which trade it was. I said, "That's ridiculous." I mean, that's that's our that's our show. I mean, that's that's our premise. It's our concept. You know, they're going to spend a lot more money on it, and uh, and we we, had, uh, we we 
got in touch with uh, Columbia, I guess it was, that did that. And I said, yeah, and I, I had our attorneys call them. And we went over and said, okay, I was running that then. Guys who disappear after a while. <laughs> anyway, we met with them and said, "Well, yeah, how can you? Yeah, you know, this, 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 this was an animated show on Saturday morning." I said, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." He said, "What do you mean, uh?" Uh-uh. I said, "Live." He said, "Uh, uh-uh, we got a problem." Yeah. Now, what did happen with the animation, though? Because at the time, there there was filmations, Ghostbusters, and the so-called it real was, Ghostbusters. It was, it was weird. I mean, we did the the live pictures, uh, the live series was, I think, in 1975, and the animated series was in the 80s. What happened was, we, we made a deal with Columbia to give them the rights to do the picture, and we got a uh, $500,000, I think, for the, the use of the, whatever it was, the release to let them do it. And I made a dumb move. And, oh, and we got we got one percent of the profit of the picture. It was amazing. I think they spent something like sixty-five million dollars, and they grossed something like hundred and fifty million. And they never had any profits. That's when I was exposed to the uh, Hollywood. Uh, uh, what is it? The, uh, Funny accounting practices. The accounting practices. They weren't practices. They were well. They were well practiced. <laughs> And uh, I didn't make a deal with them that excluded the animation. I never thought of it. And years after the, uh, the live picture, the live series were on the air, and the live picture was released, uh, Columbia decided to do an animated feature. I said, oh, my God. And it was a very nice guy running Columbia, uh, that section, a guy named uh, Herman Rush, who... <laughs> had turned out earlier in, in, in my history had been an, an agent for us. So I, I called Herman and I suggested to Herman, why don't we you know, do something together because it's crazy. We got rights, you got rights. And uh, our parent company then, Westinghouse, said, oh, we don't need them. Bad idea. I said, bad idea. I said, I think we need them because, you know, they'll have one, we'll have one, and nobody will know what's going on. And as it turned out, that's essentially what happened. Yeah, I think you had a whole generation of kids who saw the, the Ivan Reitman film and then wondered what the filmation deal was. Oh, look at this copy, when oh, yeah. actually you know, it was original. The sadness was, you know, we had the, the ape, was the, the, the gorilla was part of ours, and they, they put the black man, who, who was the, the third... I got a phone call from from a nice man. I can't remember where it was, someplace in the Midwest. And he was a man of color, and he he was horrified that we had taken the Columbia picture and turned the 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 guy who was an African American into an ape. I said, Oh no, no, you don't understand. We that was our original picture, and that's what, and it was never. I mean, I, and it, it was it was sad. I mean, I. I couldn't convince that guy that we had somehow done something terrible. Oh, dear. Um, By the way, I've never told anyone that exactly like that. Well, now the world will know. <laughs> You're right. There, there may be things I didn't that, tell anybody. Yeah. I, I, I know there's stories in you, sir. 
Um, I, I, can, I can just see him wanting to bubble out there. Um, let's switch switch titles here because there's so and I apologize there's so many titles I try to put it together an organized interview oh, when I, I do these things I it, can't. it's going to be all over the place so <laughs> we're, we're going to leave Ghostbusters and go to Star Trek for a little bit here okay because uh, that's uh, I mean you, I, I won't tell the guys over at the BCI oh well, I didn't do it <laughs> yeah that's coming down the line because I got questions on those lines too um but I guess with the uh, Star Trek, you kind of kept the franchise alive there. And originally, wasn't there going to be like teen sidekicks for the crew or something? Though I've heard. What, what did you say? I didn't understand. Uh, somebody had told me once that the original premise for the filmation Star Trek series was that the cast members were going to be accompanied by teen sidekicks. No. 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 Rumor. Rumor. Squash that one. No, you can squash that. Actually. The conversations with, uh, oh God, don't we talk, I forgot his name, the, the, the good guy. The Gene guy Roddenberry. What's his name? Oh God. It, it wasn't Roddenberry, was it? Yeah, Roddenberry, who, we, he and I became very close. I mean, he, he, he was, of all the crazy stories you heard, he was not a difficult man to work with. All he wanted to do was do his, his series, and he wanted to keep it uh, honest, and, 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 and I did too. Because it was a terrific, I mean, I love that show. Uh, no, we, we, we tried as hard as we could to keep it as close to what Star Trek would have been in animation. The one thing that was interesting is we used basically the same, the same author, authors, the same, the same writers. Uh, Gene was the only place he really got involved after we did the, the uh, models and showed him how the stuff was going to work, is he wanted to be involved with the stories. And he, and it was a gift as far as I was concerned, because no one knew it any better than he knew it. And he could do things with it that we could do that they couldn't afford to do in live action. Uh, I mean, we could take them any place, do anything we wanted to do with them as long as it was, in fact, true to the, uh, to the original. So we got a, a, an Emmy for Star Trek. It was absurd, really, in a way, because it was not really a young. It was not a youngsters. It was. We did the same kind of stories with the same kind of stuff, the same kind of concepts that were done in, in, in the nighttime show, and it's the only show I ever worked on that got an Emmy. Yeah, I think if anything. Well, wait, I mean, I didn't mind getting Emmy. I was delighted with it, but Fat Albert should have been the first show that got that anyway. Yeah, I well, you. You broke so much ground with Fat Albert that, uh, yeah, there should have been tons of awards coming down for you and Bill, Mr. Cosby on that. Yeah, hey, you know what? It's, it's sad. You know, Bill told me once, this is not for publication. Okay. Bill said, don't try to keep... Don't even enter it, Lou. He said, it's about black kids. It'll never... You know, I, I hated to think that that could have been the case. He said, you know, you're you making yourself crazy. He said, you're not going to get... Uh, we got... We got... I don't know how many times we were in in, in the. I I am I am I have a slight case of. Uh, I can't even remember the goddamn thing. I have a case of that makes me forget things. <laughs> <laughs> Parkinson's. So every once in a while I stumble on things, but don't let that stop you. No one's gonna know that. Um, with with the Star Trek though, I think if anything you had probably more realistic
realistic looking aliens in animation than they ever pulled off in live action. Well, sure. I mean, all they could do is put ears on you guys and stuff. I don't want to, I mean, you know, they had their money problems with it. I mean, it was as easy to do a monster as it was to do a, a, a human being. Sure. Were there any, uh, were there any properties that uh, you wanted to license for animation that, that got away and went to somebody else?
to us. One of our writers said, you flew a P-38 on the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, he said, you've been talking to Danch. I said, that's right. I said, it's a true story, and he, he told me the truth? Yeah. So I said, well, I knew that I had Danch and not a bad guy. <laughs> oh, um... Speaking of licensed properties, I guess, because Star Trek was a licensed one, um, you've also done, you know, the work with the DC Comics characters, the Superman, Batman, Shazam. Um, well, that's what really, that's what really made. Yeah, and, and then the Archie Comics characters, I think you did uh, Archie's Funhouse. Do you know, all, you know all the stuff we've done? I mean, are you one of those guys who know this thing? Oh, brother, I, I grew up in front of Saturday morning television. <laughs> I, I, I waited for the spreads to come out in the comic books to show me what my fall schedule was, and by God, I stayed at Grandma's house Friday night because my parents didn't have a TV, and I was up at the butt crack of dawn to make sure I got them all. Well, you, we didn't seem to hurt you any. No, I got my master's degree, and I, you know, oh, test pretty good. Children's. No, we don't. I just watched the shows, for God's sake. <laughs> but, well, you won't have to watch those kind of shows. I said, you don't know what those... I mean, we had... Psychologists writing about the stuff and telling us that, and, and, and telling I mean, they had never seen the shows or even looked at any of the scripts. But it but was, it was bad. They knew it. Yeah, they did no one any. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> sounds like Frederick Wortham in the comic book industry when he tried to trash it in the fifties. Oh yeah. But well, they they did a pretty good job on it. Oh, tell me about it. Visit CriticalBlast.com, where we blast pop culture on a daily basis. At CriticalBlast.com, we speak geek. So surf on over and check out reviews on the latest movies, television shows, music, books, graphic novels, games, toys, professional wrestling, cosplay, even interviews with industry pros and promotional giveaways. If it's entertainment, we have something to say about it. Critical Blast. Where pop culture... Gets blasted. We now return you to our conversation with Filmation founder, Lou Scheimer. But, but how do you split up, I guess maybe this is out of your hands too, because uh, I guess BCI would be handling it, but how do you split the, the properties up when you've got something like the Kids Superpower Hour where you had crossovers? I mean, I know Warner's probably releasing Shazam on their own, but you had him crossing over with the Kids Superpower Hour. Well, you know what? We made arrangements that kept everybody happy. You know, they had the rights originally to uh, Captain Marvel because they sued, I guess, Curtis Publishing, and, and the, 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 you know, I guess it was the early 40s, mid-40s. Oh, yeah. And they would never have won. They would never have been able to take, uh, uh, sh sh I call him Shazam automatically. Everybody does. Uh, Captain Marvel off the air and today. I mean, they just, it was just, it was just, they, they seemed to, uh, well, anyway, what we, we did is we made a deal with Warner Brothers to give them the, uh, see, Warner Brothers then owned DC. DC had, had uh, sued, I guess Curtis Publishing, and got the rights of, uh, yeah, they got the rights to, to Shazam from Fawcett. Yeah, and the Fawcett, that's right. And when we made the deal with DC, I, I made the distribution deal with uh, Warner Brothers because they bought DC after, after right. actually after we worked with them for a long time. Uh, 
I did is I made a deal with them when we did Shazam, or did uh, the, the Hero High. Isis. Isis. That's one that we owned, Bill May, because that was an original. Right. And what I and I said, you know, it would really be nice to, to somehow have them work together in this, because it would, it would give the kids who had watched Captain Marvel uh, uh, some more opportunity to see him, because you know that never didn't buy that many shows. They would buy 13 or 17 and get uh, one year plus the ability to pick up a second year if they picked up another six shows. And, you know, I mean, all the, uh, the time we were on the air with Fat Albert on the networks, we only did 60, out of 13 years, we only did 60 episodes. It seems like more than that. <laughs> well, we did. We did another uh, 50, 60, 50, We ended up with 113 altogether. So we did another when we did distribution directly uh, when, the, when the show came off the networks. Then we we did it on a, on a direct basis, so that we had, had over a hundred episodes of that. But a lot of shows that we did, it was just the stuff that came off the networks. And then we, uh, it, was, it was tough sometimes. Yeah. Matt Albert needed a hundred and some shows to be distributed. Archie, we had like two hundred shows by the time we were off the air. Archie's TV, Madhouse, or Funhouse? Yeah, Archie's TV. TV. I think it was Funhouse. That was the one where you showed Dick Tracy and Smokey Stover. And yeah, yeah, that's the ones where we did. Oh, Archie's TV Funnies. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget, you're only 41. I'm 78. You're doing it's better than me. Well, with the ISIS thing, the reason I asked about who owned that was because I didn't know if DC had joint ownership because they've been using her recently in comic books, and yet the DVD set's going to come out with a comic published by somebody else. I have no idea. Because when I sold my, my say, I mean, my, what my ownership was in, in the show, in, in the stuff, when, when, when Westinghouse bought it, they were terrific. Well, that's another story. But when they were sold to a French company, I said, I just pay me off. I don't want to have anything to do with it. Uh, they had promised me that they would keep people working in this country, that I would sign up for another 15 years. I was delighted. And they ended up, the bastards, closing the studio down and giving me three weeks, three days notice. And uh, I, I'm glad. I mean, I, I love the shows I did. I don't like the people who owned them for years after that. And they did them. It's only recently that anything has happened to those shows that should have happened a long time ago. I'm glad it worked out this way. I'm, I'm, I, 
financial interest in the shows. Okay. It's, that, that was I was going to ask what happened to Filmation, so that's basically what happened. A French consortium bought them up and closed it they down? closed it. And they, you know, that, I, ah, that's a whole long story. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's the ugliest day of my life. I had to tell hundreds of people that they were out of work, and I had spent 20 years or 25 years, I don't know how much of it, trying to keep all the work in this country, and, and training animators, and, and I'm proud of those moments because, and I'm really proud of all the people who worked there too, because they were they were great people, right? and they're, they're all doing very well nowadays. Okay. Different world out there, you know, with, with three-dimensional stuff. Yeah. Has, has CGI, do you think, um, all that 3D stuff, do you think that's killed the traditional animation format? I, I think a lot of things may have. The, the, there are a lot more people doing... They're doing children's shows on the networks. There are network after network after network because there were only three networks doing children's shows when we were doing this stuff. And now you can go, and, and every network has, or every, look, you know, the, the, uh, CBS, well, I know CBS made a deal with Deke where they're doing their Deke stuff, but they own their own studio now. Yeah. But all the work is really basically done overseas. All that, all that they do here now, again, mostly, are the stories, the, uh, uh, character designs, uh, storyboards, and the, and the post-production. But anybody talking about doing anything for animation, well, even take a look at the stuff that's done at nighttime for animation. They don't do the animation in this country. I mean, The Simpsons was never done in this country either. They go through an American studio that does the, the storyboards. They, the stories are written by people in Fox. And they send this uh, stuff overseas. So we had we had the only studio doing all of their work in this in this country. And those idiots, almost. Well, well you, I don't want to get into that. Yeah. Very much fun. Now I, I recall in the late '80s, um, when I was living on my own in college, there was, and my memory of this is vague and fuzzy too. But it seems like the government was getting concerned about television shows that looked like they were half-hour commercials for toys, because you had toys that spawn oh, TV shows. Of us. Yeah. He-Man started that. Exactly. Did, wh what, what, was, what happened there, and what did you guys do to comply or combat? or? Well, we didn't. Uh, no, number one, we had total control over the content when we made the deal with Mattel. And we made sure that there was nothing that we felt was wrong I mean, I, they, they would come up with all kind of characters, and those that seemed to work within the basis of what we... We created the show. They came to us with a concept that was basically Conan, uh, the, the, the father, the mother, the relationship between the two and young Adam. That, that was all created by, by filmation. And I, I went to the networks with it, and no, everybody turned them down. And we had then recently been sold by Westinghouse Broadcasting to uh, uh, what, no, by, to Westinghouse Broadcasting by uh, uh, the original owners of uh, that was a teleprompter back in those days, and uh, they had a, 
sure will get on the air if you use your your your, your salespeople to go out there and, and and make them a daily five day a week show. I said no, no kids had that. There was no we did we did 65 episodes that first year, but this was after the networks turned it down. And the network, the networks got pissed off at me. I I never sold another network show after that because we almost put them out of the business on Saturday morning because we were getting larger numbers of children watching the programs. We did uh, Fat Albert. We did, yeah. Well, anyway. But if you need more information, I'll give it to you. I can find that out if I, if I have to look something up there. Um, so so what what did happen to Saturday mornings in, in your estimation? I mean, it used to be, like I said, it was, it was something worth getting up for in the morning. Yeah, well, I, I'll tell you one thing that happened to it. The people who were, were programming it were not very competent. And I don't mind saying it. I don't want to mention any names. I understand. But one of the people, for instance, one of the networks, said to me, you ever come to us with another one of those goody-goody sh shows of yours, we just going to throw you out because we don't want any of that shit. I said, well, I won't come to you with anything. I mean, I just didn't want to hear things like that. Yeah. I mean, we had, I, I had two, two areas that were important to me on the people's side, is to make sure that the shows we did were appropriate for the youngsters who were watching them. And the other thing is to make sure that we kept the work as much as we possibly could in this country. Because I don't care what you say, when Americans are working on that stuff, they live here, they know what the people are like here, and, and, and the work comes out, I think, with more zest and heart than it does when the company is just making them someplace. I, I, I don't want to get on a soapbox. Uh, I, I can appreciate your point of view there, though. Um, I had one. I had one. I was going to ask you what your favorite, what your favorite memory was, what your favorite show was, and that would pretty much wrap us up here. The last one, always. <laughs> Not really. I mean, I'll tell you, the the one that I thought would do tremendously well was disappointing, and that was Brave Star. I always wanted to do. He was the cowboy. Space Western. Yeah. And it had all of those qualities in there, except I think we got a lot of uh, placement in, 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 in the wrong time slots. I don't, I don't know. And it was my, my favorite and more fun, because I'm a science fiction. I was a science fiction, uh, and I liked Westerns. Uh, the one that I think is, was the most meaningful was Fat Albert for lots of reasons. Number one, kids were exposed to shows with kids' problems that were the basis of the shows. Uh, everybody started taking off and doing little stuff at the end of their shows, like be a good kid, drink yeah. milk. And our shows, and we tried to make them work, where they were basic to the shows, that the, that the, that the, that the comments at the end of the shows uh, meant something. They were getting worried about, you know, the, the people from uh, Action for Children's Television. There was, there was a lot of shit on, on the networks. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff that really was not great for kids. And we fought.
that outbreak definitely impacted uh, me, and I'm, you know, I'm Caucasian as can as you can get. I, I'm 35 what years old, a couple years back, going into the hospital and running through the back of my head is that little Fat Albert song, "Don't Be Scared at a Hospital," and it's <laughs> stuck with me that long. Really? Yes. Uh, that's well. You're living proof of some of that stuff working. And and that's that's really that. That's 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 very touching for me. I, I love hearing that. <laughs> well, you you know you just. Uh, I don't know who it was to say, you know, give us a kid when he's five and you'll have him for life. Well, I was five and you had me and, you know. I'd well, I guess we still do. <laughs> and, and I've got to tell you, we still got me. But I'm a little old to watch this stuff. But you know what's interesting? I've, some of it I have not watched in 30 years. Damn, they're a lot better than I thought. And some were a lot worse. That's, that's going to be the case and everything. But they hold up. You, they, you know, the ones that were toughest because we had so little money to do them first shows we did, uh, uh, that first network show, was, was Superman, and they looked uh, like they could have used a little more production values. Yeah, well, you, you were working with Ted Knight on that project, weren't you? <laughs> Ted and I <laughs> were going, <laughs> we were collecting unemployment together. Oh, now was I, this I before Mary Ted Tyler Moore? Me. Was this before his stint on Mary Tyler Moore? Oh yeah. Okay, I oh, thought yeah. so. He, well, he, st he did the. He, he, no, he, he, oh, well, he. We did presentations and we did. Uh, and Ted, Ted and I had known each other for years before uh, I, could, I could hire him for anything. And he, and he he did uh, not the first batch of Supermans. The first batch of Supermans were all recorded in New York by a guy. And the new, and the stories were were written by the the, the guy who was the, the representative in, in working with us, a lovely man named. Uh, uh, oh my God! Here it goes again. I'll remember it a couple times. Alan Duchovny. Okay. And uh, and and it was the second year of working with them that we that we took over. The, it was uh, it was it was difficult. To, they're doing the stories here, and the voices there. Uh, it was uh, it was not a good way of producing a show. But the second, although it was extraordinarily successful as a show, basically I, I think you can you can handle that by saying it was just Superman. The character carried it, yeah. And uh, he, yeah, he carried me. But the, the other shows that were put on the air the, that, that first couple of years, and, and the guy who really was responsible for the whole concept of Saturday mornings being all for children. It's a guy named Fred, Fred Silverman, who later became president of CBS, and after that he went to ABC, became president of ABC, and after that he went to uh, the other network. <laughs> uh, CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox? NBC. NBC. He was the only guy who's ever been president of all three networks. Uh, we need more. Only, and the thing he did better than any anybody and the thing he did better than his nighttime shows is the stuff he bought for Saturday morning. He he had a feel for what was successful. Not always the best, but but usually successful. Uh, Saturday morning needs a second coming of guys like you and Fred Silverman. Yeah, but it ain't gonna happen. Oh, I know it. Well, Mr. Shammer, I appreciate your time more than I can uh, more than I can express here. You know what? And I appreciate your your wanting to 
you know, after a while, I, I, I thought, well, nobody's watching these things anymore. They're lying in a box someplace, and, and then for it to really, and, and, and I must say that this, the CBI people were terrific. I had known the guy who ran, ran it out here. I had worked with him on, on some, some projects many years before that. Tell you what, I um, in the course of my job here, I I do more box set DVD reviews than I care to count, and sometimes I think it's going to drive me crazy. BCI, your, your your babies are in good hands. These have been consistently the best produced box sets of anything out there from any distributor. Well, I must tell you, I felt the same way, but I thought I was being. I didn't. I haven't seen a lot of others. <laughs> well, I I thank you for looking at ours. I, and I hope you enjoyed them as much as I enjoyed making them. I, I can't wait to see the rest of them. Well, thank you. And you know what? Anytime you want to call, I am delighted. I, these phone calls, I mean, I've been looking forward to this all morning. <laughs> well, me too. <laughs> well, enjoy yourself. It was nice meeting you. Same here, sir. Take care. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. You've been listening to a candid conversation with the founder of Filmation, Lou Scheimer. If you enjoyed this podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at criticalblast.com.